Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 39 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. We are back on track with the activation process. We're going to launch into the content in sections seven and eight. We are picking up from that thread that we have come through in episode 37. And thank you for joining me, indulging me, if you will, staying with me through the pause, the tangent, the detour for episode 38 to really look at anniversary and celebrations and all the C's that come up in this curriculum, in this content, in this invitation to think about things in a new way. It's been quite an experience taking on this daily adventure podcast challenge. This is the dozen, right, the 12th episode in that series and sequence. And I also have the opportunity to share some interview podcasts and conversations with you. And those are going to be in addition to, I'm going to commit to the daily solo podcast recording during this time and allow any of those interviews that do emerge, oftentimes with brilliant colleagues and classmates and bringing their own expertise and specialties and visions and versions of nurturing health forward. Those are going to be in addition to what we share here. So it's going to be a fantastic month. It already has been, and we're not even halfway through. Right? We might see that we're coming into that messy middle, but it seems a little bit like a magical middle, seeing what can emerge. And so we're here today and we're looking at the next components in the activation process, reminding us that we have come through assess and that act of taking inventory. We've looked at acknowledge and seeing how thoughts come into play. We've stepped through awaken and allow where we really explored feelings, allowed ourselves to be with them, saw that feelings are energy and recognized the ways we may or may not be tuning into them effectively. Then we saw accept and gave the opportunity, allow there to be the option that there is no right or wrong. And then we also moved toward appreciate, gaining insight as to why what is, is. Why is it present? And what success are we having with what is there is where we are headed next. That is what brings us to approve. And that's the seventh component, the seventh stop along the way, the seventh integration in the activation process. And what comes up if you think about approve or approval, if that resonates for you? And here you may automatically look at seeking approval from others. You might think about the ways you grant or restrict approval for yourself. Beginning to decide what qualifies, what is deserving of approval. What does approval look like and feel like? How do you let it in? Are you able to receive approval effectively and successfully? And just spending some time with this as an option. Thinking about approval as an endorsement 
of what is happening. And we saw that a little bit when we looked at accept and appreciate. Is this saying all of this is okay? And what I want to offer, as I often do with those who are actively going through the program and experiencing and engaging with the activation process, is the act of noticing what's happening, seeing it as it is, recognizing that there is a reason it is there. It doesn't always have to be the best reason or the reason you hoped it might be, but there can be a reason. There can be insight gained from it. There can be successes in the space of where something exists. And I want to be very thoughtful and purposeful about noticing that if there is something challenging that has happened, something detrimental that is happening, something traumatic that has happened, there may be this natural inclination to say, right, there's no room to examine for success here. And I say, yes, absolutely. Particularly in that acute moment, or if you're at a certain space and phase where there hasn't been effective and supported processing around what has happened. It's not saying you must immediately flip something and find a silver lining, but it is an invitation to say in any situation, is there an opportunity available if and when you're ready, when you have the support that you need and that space to consider and reflect and ponder to see what success might be there? And it might not be because of what happened. It might be in spite of, it might be alongside of, it might just happen to be in accompaniment of something else that has happened. And it's also an opportunity to see the success you have independent of things that are happening to, of, for, around, through you. It's an opportunity to really own your unique and whole presence and see the success that you have experienced and you could use the modifier here even with what is if it happens to be in a space where it doesn't feel resonant to celebrate what has happened making note and being clear that that's not what this is suggesting but it's an opportunity to look through the lens of accomplishment it's a way to magnify and go a step beyond acknowledgement, right? Just seeing the thoughts you have and appreciation, seeing that there can be gratitude and understanding and enhancement of impact. It's an opportunity to step through that and to grow from it, to expand in that way. And also an opportunity to engage with the act of self-encouragement. Now, when we think about seeking external approval and what that can mean, It can mean that we depend upon outside sources to qualify or quantify our degree or type or presence of success. In many spaces and places, that's what we are trained and indoctrinated and socialized to do, right? To look to others, to look to outside sources to say, was that enough? Was that good enough? Did that qualify? Do I get the reward? Do I get the gold star? Do I get the A plus, whatever that might be? And there doesn't have to be a problem with external approval and certain degrees of achievement. But if it becomes the only way that we can relate to our worth and worthiness, then it has taken away all of our power, given it to an external source over which we have no control. There's no predictability. And we become dependent on it. And that means we're also 
subjecting ourselves to a high degree of volatility in what response we might receive. Versus, when we can acknowledge that as a thing, as a possibility, as a source, but not the only source, right? and let that be what it is, and to allow ourselves to celebrate in that space if we do get positive feedback and recognition, not discounting it or disregarding it, but seeing that it's not the only And then looking at how internal approval can be a sustainable space, a renewable resource, something that we can guarantee to ourselves. And it doesn't have to mean lower the bar, right? Everybody gets the ribbon, everybody gets a trophy, but it's truly sitting with and taking the time and observing consciously and conscientiously that which you have done, honoring that, and also remembering your worth and worthiness independent of those things, that your approval doesn't need to be, and perhaps shouldn't be, if we're allowing ourselves to use that word, attached to, dependent upon certain achievements or levels of achievements or qualities of the achievements that you have. There is space to love you, love yourself unconditionally, and respect and appreciate and approve of that which you are doing. And seeing that distinction can be very powerful. So look at approval. See how it's coming up for you. See where it might be challenging for you to grant to yourself and see where you are putting conditions on things. And notice how you can uphold standards and aim for excellence because you choose to, because it feels resonant, not because it's qualifying you and your worthiness or qualifying you for your own approval. Consider that and share with me what comes up. And then as we move to the next component in the activation process, we think about a line and orienting to the results you seek. Now we saw this some when we did our assessment and when we acknowledged the thoughts we were having about it and saw the relationship of how our thoughts contribute to the results that we have, our thoughts can put us on that trajectory toward the results that we want. And here is a space I bring in very directly, and some pun intended there, my clinical work, hands-on treatment, osteopathic manipulative treatment. And there is this act of assessing there, right? So taking inventory of what is, and there is acknowledgement. There are thoughts about what is in that space. And oftentimes, the way it is taught and the way it is practiced is that we scream. So let's just say, for example, we have a person standing and we take our hand and run it down the spine, right? Feeling for motion, for movement, for tension, whatever might be being perceived in our sensory system. And many times with this, just that simple screen, running the hand down the mid-back, let's just say the thoracic spine, right? The area in the spine below the neck, above the low back where all the ribs are attached. All right, so running the hand there, and just as I'm doing this, I have this visual of some right rotation. So I feel more on the right side of my hand, right? There's a fullness there. It feels like things are farther back, more posterior on the right side, let's say between the shoulder blades. And let's say over two to three segments in the thoracic spine, and it feels tight It feels firm, it feels a little ropey in the muscles, and it feels more compressed, right? So just that simple screen and hand dragging over that area can clue me in to something that's not quite right, 
doesn't quite fit in with the others. And I automatically hear that song, right? One of these kids is doing his own thing. One of these kids just doesn't belong or letters or whatever that might be in those early childhood learnings and seeing everything right here is neutral. And then these pieces are rotated. These segments, these components are rotated to the right. And we could say that's wrong. That's dysfunctional. That's out of alignment. All kinds of different language we could put to that. And it cues us in, clues us in. We could do a more focal exam. We could do some motion testing and see how it moves relative to other spaces. We could think about what those levels represent in the body as a whole and see what other information we can gather there. And ultimately, we're looking for how can we restore normal function? Can we restore a neutral balance there? We can improve the tension in that region so that the after effect, running the hand down the spine, there's not that rotation. It's even side to side. There's not this increased tension or tightness or ropiness of the muscles. There's not compression. There's good movement evenly side to side as we move down the length of the thoracic spine. And here, there are some different opportunities of how we engage with treatment. So we could, if everything's rotated right, encourage it. We could say force it, if you'd like to add, to go left. So set things up to a barrier add some force, perhaps the patient pushing against you, or some thrust, kind of a high energy impulse technique. And that's one way to restore that rotation. And we could recheck and see what shifted. Or we could recognize where the tension is and meet it. Take it to a state of balanced tension to move things toward that right rotation. And hold it there. There might be some amplifiers. We might have the patient breathe or move an arm to enhance the experience of that technique in the system. But what we notice there is there is an activation of the system. And there is some power in that recognition of, well, this segment is rotated this way. And perhaps there's a reason, right? And we could do some investigation. Is it an activity, an action, a posture? Is it viscerally driven? There's something in the body that's creating that shift in that space. And by acknowledging the information that's being provided, rather than simply saying, this isn't right, and let's put it back to where it should be, right? taking everything toward it and balancing the tension around it, there can be absolutely a return right, of those segments into the other direction, then back to neutral, and also a difference in the integration and the movement of the whole around that part. And you might think, well, that'd be terrible if we had everything then reorient to this dysfunctional way of being. And that's what we're aiming for. And we could also look at, is that the appropriate language to think of it as dysfunctional at all? Maybe it's informative, right? Somatic messaging rather than somatic dysfunction. We could talk about that in the profession and how we might move that forward. And seeing then when there's that acknowledgement, there's often a deeper sense of integration Rather than the times when we do just simply force it back, we can get that acute result, right? Things can feel and look good, right? They can be more neutral and say that it's resolved even. But there may not be that same degree of integration of the whole, of the neighboring segments, of the information that's being provided from that segment on more than just that bony structural level. And so thinking about what is the ultimate purpose here? And what's a way we have available to us to engage with the system more effectively, efficiently even, and comprehensively? And 
taking this into how you engage with your own life. If there is something that isn't quite right, doesn't match with the rest of what's going on in your life, it doesn't match with your expectations of what should be, is it something that you do need to correct right, and bring back in line with the rest? Or is there an opportunity to go toward it, to kind of stand with it? And I picture this vantage point of just walking over and saying, well, you're here right now. That's not where I expected you to be. But I'm curious about why it is this way, what I have to learn, what opportunity there might be. And if we do make this shift, right, if we're able to step beside put our arm around, stand with, what shifting might happen? What integration might happen? And how will we still get to that same end result of coming back to neutral in a very different way? And we always have the opportunity to do this in both directions. Thinking about, do we orient to the result that we want, right? And do we very intentionally go there? And stand there and call the whole to that, right? Call that result into being. Can we notice a result that we have, right? And invite the whole to join us there. To say, well, this is the result that's here right now, right? And how can I qualify this as success? If I stand with this, right? Is it resonant? Is it moving me in the direction that I like to go? And is there opportunity for this back and forth of orienting the whole to that part, be it dysfunctional or, in our new language, informative? Right? It's messaging. It's giving me information. And if we can go to it, rather than expecting, anticipating, forcing it to change, even if that's just a pause, even if it's just not forcing it to change immediately, if it's granting some space to simply say, well, this is what is right now. Here's all the thoughts I'm having about it. Here's what's making me feel and cue their importance in language. Here's how my thoughts are making me feel, not the actual situation. And here is where I'd like to be. Here's what I expected to be. Noticing that, no problems. Having expectations, seeing them and seeing the impact of meeting and not meeting them and what we allow that to mean to us, and then saying, well, here's where I'd like to be. And so I have the opportunity to, with a lot of force and expended energy, pull everything to get there. And I have also the opportunity with somewhat less energy and taxing on me to come toward where I am now and see how there is space, how the path opens up to move toward the space where I'd like to go. And so thinking about a line and allowing yourself to see the different ways it can be available to you and whether that is making a correction, whether it is offering support, whether it is being in direct agreement, whether it is an opportunity to ally, right? Align yourself and become in the way of alliance connected to something else. And one last piece perhaps pun intended there, thinking about alignment and thinking about the part in the whole, recognizing that we are both, right? So we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We are a whole unto ourselves composed of many parts. And there's opportunity to see and seek the health of 
both to honor the health of the whole and how the part is contributing to recognize the health of the part and see how the whole is influencing that and continue to navigate back and forth to and fro integrate between that relationship so as you continue to work through the activation process remember that these components are available to you in sequence in concert in various pairings in independent states right they are parts but they are whole in unto themselves and you have the opportunity to engage with them in the way that resonates for you so take a moment and honor where you have already been where you are right now and where we are going we have two more episodes we will continue this journey with two components in each episode and we'll see where it leads us i invite you with these intentionally briefer episodes as we're going through the activation process to pause at any point to rewind to reflect to write down to track through that journey put that lens forward of a certain goal you might be working toward and see how you can very intentionally match what you're doing what you're thinking what you're processing toward that specific goal and we'll come back we will review and we'll continue to consider all that's available to you in the way you can create a map, create the structure for your own optimal function, working toward whatever goal it is you are seeking in this moment. Thanks for joining me on this journey. I look forward to returning again tomorrow as we step forward toward components nine and 10 in the activation process. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.